0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Mike Zunica Films Podcast. In this episode, I have with me Bryn North. He's a filmmaker based in Cape Town, South Africa. In this episode, he shares how despite not going to film school, he pursued his passion for filmmaking and now works with great creators and companies around the world while documenting his travels through stunning visuals along the way. So without further ado, Bryn North. Thank you, Bryn, for being on the podcast. I really appreciate it
1: no worries honestly it's it's cool i love chatting so let's chat
0: yeah so i want to start out by asking um you about your recent trip because i know you recently went to was it kenya and bali uh is that correct
1: yeah yeah i, I started off well it's been i've been 3 months on the road now mm-hmm. it wasn't supposed to be that way but it ended up that way um yeah i ended up i went to brazil briefly just to do a bit of work there with uh, sam calder which most people probably listening to this know who that is mm-hmm. and then uh yeah headed off to bali to do some work and do some editing uh, managed to find a bit of work out there before finally making my way back to africa and uh yeah i went through kenya malawi zimbabwe zambia uh just working doing some conservation work with some animals and that yeah, was good fun but i won't lie um I'm pretty pumped to be back in Cape Town now and I can have a solid routine and yeah, yeah I get some editing
0: done. Awesome. Yeah, because I was uh Thanks. I was following along on your Instagram posts um from the time you were there and I, I cause I contacted you before then and I was okay. just interested to see what you were up to. I was like, You're all over the place. But yeah, y- you know, you got some awesome <laughs> shots, you know, while that's you were fun. there. So yeah. that's that's awesome. Cheers, that's S- been fun. Yeah. <laughs> so now I want to kind of lead into where you started, how how did you start into filmmaking? Was it always something that you were interested in growing up?
1: Yeah, I guess I didn't realize this until I actually got into it, but yeah, when I was growing up, I mean, anytime one of my friends or something, you know, had a decent camera or something, I'd end up uh, befriending them just so I could use a camera, you know, we would go and make some, it would just be funny videos and I'd be on my windows movie maker, uh, yeah. playing around. Never ever once thought that I would make money doing that, you know, later on in life. But, um, yeah, I would did university did my postgraduate degree and, uh, I just happened to get a little GoPro. I think it was the hero Two; It just come up mm-hmm. and I was playing with that and uh, I was mountain biking. I broke my ankle on the first day I got my aero two and, but I recorded the whole thing and I had it and I was like, so I was on my back now for two months and I was like, okay, well let me learn how to edit this properly. I typed into Google, you know, like best editing program and uh, Adobe Premiere Pro popped up as one of the top ones. So I downloaded that um, and thought, okay, let me give this a bash. And that's literally where it started and changed my career path just because I Played with a bit of footage from when I crashed uh, mountain biking with my uh-huh. GoPro footage. And uh, yeah, from there, just met the right people and slowly with practice and patience, I'm here now.
0: So, did you go to film school? Nah,
1: no, no. this is nope. Um, yeah, I learned everything through the beautiful interwebs.
0: YouTube.
1: Yeah, it's great, <laughs> man. Honestly, this is like what I tell people so often is that, you know, I mean, if I had the chance to have gone uh, to film school, that would have been great, um, but I didn't. Uh, well, I'd already gone through school at that stage. And if, if you're passionate about something or if you enjoy something enough, you're, you know, you're hungry, you have questions. And luckily, we can ask the internet a lot of questions and there's a lot of answers out there. So, I mean, if you have the questions, there's definitely some answers you can find out there.
0: Yeah, definitely. So, what did, what did you major in? in university? Um,
1: I did business for my first and then I went and uh, my post grad was advertising.
0: Okay, so it kinda uh, yeah. meshed of what, with what you're doing right now, right? Yeah, pretty
1: much, I mean I'm very stoked that I, I studied that sort of thing, because it's definitely helped with regards to freelancing and the rest, you know, learning how to market yourself and uh, yeah. and obviously, business is always key.
0: Yeah, and and I know that, I mean I have some friends that went to film school and then ones that didn't go to film school and they're both successful in their own right. Um, But for you, um, what do you think were some advantages and disadvantages of not going to film school?
1: Disadvantages, I think sometimes you can get, you know, you you learn bad habits. Um, You know, no one's correcting you, so you sort of, if you get into a bad habit, you just keep doing it until until you make a big mistake at some stage and you learn from it that way. Mm but other than that, I think benefits, one, it's probably a lot cheaper. <laughs> and yeah. uh, two is that you you, you kind of find because you haven't gone to school, you kind of need to prove yourself. You need to, you know, you know these other guys that have gone and I need to prove that oh, I'm just as good. Mm-hmm. So you kind of have this underdog mentality. Well, I, I found that, that I was like, I wanted to prove that. I don't need that. And uh, I, can, I can be just as good. And I think I enjoyed that aspect of it. Um but I guess another benefit would be maybe not getting stuck in one direction. You know, you go to school and they teach you, you know, you should do this, then do X, Y, Z, you leads to this, where I was kind of like, you know what, I'm just going to do what I truly enjoy at this stage. If I'm, I can, I can flow, I can go mm-hmm. with it where maybe at school, you know, they, they, they kind of push you with the, in one direction. And uh, if you're not good at that, well, then you're not going to pass. Where luckily, right. If I wasn't good at a particular section, I can swerve away from that and maybe focus more on another area, that sort of thing.
0: Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. But I mean, yeah. we're it? It, to each their <laughs> own, you know. I mean, yeah, everyone yeah. has their own situation, but I think it's um, up to the person on how far they want to go.
1: 100%. 100%. It's exactly what I said with regards to if you're hungry, it'll, it'll, you know, if, if you're happy and you're hungry and you've got the questions, you'll find those answers and you keep going. Uh, yeah. Whether you're at school or you're in front of YouTube, you know, learning from the amazing people out there, giving free knowledge.
0: Yeah, exactly. So yeah. when you... Okay, so yeah. after you graduated from university, um, mm-hmm. did you go right into filmmaking, starting from so, the GoPro time?
1: Yeah, well, so I, I just, I guess I say I got lucky in a way with... um I gave myself three months before I said, okay, I was going to get into the advertising world. And on the second month is when I broke my ankle Mm -hmm. and I was like, okay, I'm on my back. Let me just be productive. Let me learn something new. And I learned how to edit. And my next door neighbor just happened to, um, he used to do some voiceovers for some sport TV shows. And I was like, Hey, can I just come in and watch one? And yeah, he let me in and, uh, met some of the guys there. I was on my crutches and I said to them, "Oh, I've been learning Premiere Pro, you know, trying to throw, let them know what I've been up to." And they're, they're intrigued. They're like, "Hey, well, I actually need someone just to help cut through some some footage." And I was like, "I've got time." So yeah, so I mean, met up with this guy, cut through some footage, and from there, pretty much got hired by that company. Maybe two, three weeks later.
0: Nice. Yeah, right. yeah. but so I mean, kinda, it was. What were you I, saying?
1: Uh, it's. When I say I got hired, I mean, it was a lot of, uh, you got to fake it till you make it sort of thing, you know, but that's, a, I had three weeks under the belt of, uh, premier pro oh. <laughs> and obviously I went into this interview two weeks later and I had to, I just used every big word I could with regards to video editing and all the rest and, uh, yeah, somehow managed to, to land it. Obviously I was at a very low position. I was probably only making. On my first, I made six thousand rand in my first month, which is maybe four four hundred dollars.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that's how that's how much I was getting paid per month. I think for my first like couple months. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I, I I progressed pretty quickly and worked my way up from there. Yeah,
0: nice. So basically, you kind of you kind of used what you were interested in doing, found an opportunity, and applied it to kind of start making money in the process right out of university.
1: Yeah, it was for me, like there was, you know, I felt like there was no risk. You know, I just come out of university, I hadn't actually got into the advertising world yet. And I was like, Hey, let me just give this a bash for a few months. It's it seems like fun. And, uh, which was a great way to go into because I, you know, I had no extra pressure on me. And I was making just enough money to get by what just as much as I had as a student, you know, and I'm used to living in the student ways. So yeah, for me it was good fun learning something new. Um, I would literally, I'd go into work and I'd be asked to do something. I'm like, okay, cool, cool. And I'd slowly do it and i would get home that night and I'd be watching YouTube videos and tutorials all night, working it out. And uh, yeah, then going back in the next day and smashing it out. Yeah, it was fun
0: yeah it It was like like a learning process like a challenge yeah yeah Yeah. so how did you um how long was that job did you stick with that job for a good amount of time
1: so I, i ended up working there for probably two and a half years because i went from that position to pretty much running the the media department wow um yeah i just worked my way up. And I mean, from that, it was purely just editing for the first month or two. And then this was for a sports marketing company. Um, Mm -hmm. So it was, they used to cover mountain biking, trail running and all the rest, which I used to be an athlete myself back in the day. So it, it just appealed in that sense that I loved to be around that crowd of people and athletes. And now I actually got got to do it with the camera. So that's actually how I got into the filming side was that I was editing these things and we still needed to cover some of these events. So I used to tag along and just be the B roll guy, Mm -hmm. you know, just like, all right, you just go get what you can. And that was the best because I wasn't filming say the leaders of the race or anything that was specifically important to the story, Uh but it was great. Again, I had no pressure that I had to capture these things. It was just B roll. And I knew if I did really good B roll, I could include this into the main video or the main edit and, So that inspired me to get really good at B roll. And uh, I know that sounds ridiculous, but I truly, still to this day, like B roll is my favorite to just be let loose in an environment and just capture B roll. It's fun. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so in the process, I mean, I'm sure you didn't really know at the time, but that kind of eventually led you to um, film what you wanted to film up to now, right? Because obviously, in the beginning, when you are working for let's say a company or you're filming you know let's say weddings and that's not your actual (coughs) passion project Mm -hmm. um it's still something that you like to do it's creative but at the same time you're still getting the the skills that you need that you'll be able to apply in the future for when you actually are set for the time to film what you're passionate about 100%
1: 100% man. You nailed it on the head. That's exactly what it is. I mean, is that fine line where like we do certain things because at the end of the day, we need to put, uh, you know, bacon in the pan and there's the other aspect where we need the passion side that, you know, we really truly enjoy doing it. So it's making that mix. Um, uh, I luckily, yeah, exactly. I I'm, I love being in nature and the rest. And because I was filming the sport and a lot of it was in the mountains and out there, Um, I I got my kick out of that, that, yeah, I was capturing this race or this event that wasn't, didn't mean the world to me in that sense, but just being out there and being able to film in nature, I really enjoyed that aspect of it. And uh, so I was getting both sides. I was getting the monetary side and uh, I guess the inspirational side.
0: Yeah, exactly. So how, how long did it take for you to make that transition from, you know, doing what you're doing at the at your bit at the business to now doing freelance Do you currently do freelance now for a majority of your projects yeah what was the transition
1: um it was pretty slow well i mean i finally left that company i was speaking of and just decided hey let's just give it a bash uh start freelancing again but i ended up picking up uh one of the things is like, obviously, in most people these days, you oh, we want to travel, you know, we want to see what else is out there. Um, and I couldn't, I mean, I started, I did a lot of travel within South Africa at the time, national travel, and that was great. But I was trying to figure out how can I get outside of South Africa? You know, how, how can I get people that are willing to pay for me to go to another country and then s- still pay me, you know, okay. to, to me, it was like, how am I going to do this? And then I thought about it, I was like, okay, well, at this point, sport is still my niche, and I'm pretty good at it. i like to think that. So let's see what there is. And I look for, you've got to look for a global brand, a brand that's recognized globally because, you know, if if I was working for smaller companies within South Africa, why would they want to send me anywhere else? So there was a company called Specialized, which is a pretty well-known, they call Specialized Bicycles, and they make mountain bikes, all different types of bicycles. And this was just before the Olympics. Mm. And they were wanting to make short little documentaries on different athletes. And obviously, these athletes are from all over the world. So this was perfect for me. You know, I got to, if an athlete was from Spain and he's training up in Spain, well, then I managed to get it so that I could go out there and film this seven, eight, nine-minute documentary with him about what he gets up to. And this was perfect because, one, I got to go do what I love and enjoy, tell a story about someone It was still sport-related. And I got to see a new part of the world I'd never seen before. Uh And um, so I worked a lot with these guys. Although I was freelancing, they were my biggest contract. And for for about two years, I sort of worked with them. And I got, I probably went to maybe 35 different countries over the two years. And that was fantastic. And, And like you said, you know, on the passion side of things, I'd go out there, I'd be filming all this, but I would have half a day off you know, and it would be a day off to rest, but I would be out there now filming my own thing. So all like, if you see some of the videos on my YouTube channel, Uh like they're pretty small, there's nothing special, but those are all filmed within the, maybe the couple hours I have between these other jobs. So I go out there and yeah, like none of like, those are all done in between other client jobs. You know, 95% of the travel I've done has been for clients. I can't afford to travel everywhere. So, I make the most of the little bits of free time I have. Um, yeah, that's where it's come from.
0: Yeah, I mean, sometimes that's what it takes, you know. If you're really passionate about it, you uh, find those chunks in time during your day between shoots to do what you really love to do.
1: Yeah, there's always time. There's, there's, there's always time. If something means so much to you, I, I promise you, you'll find the time.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there's yeah. some truth to that. So, yeah. kind of want to backtrack just a little bit. Um yeah on what you were talking about. When you reached out to Specialized, um, Mm -hmm. was that the first large company that you reached out to in terms of work? What was your process to kind of networking and reaching out to possible clients at that time?
1: So I didn't go straight for Specialized Global. I decided, I spoke to the guys that specialized South Africa. Mm. And uh, from there, and Luckily, I knew some guys that were working in the video department there. And, uh, yeah, it just it, it's just a bit of chit-chat, really. You know, you just talk to people, show them a little bit of something you've done, show them that you can actually offer them something. And, uh, yeah, from there, just a couple emails. And uh, it just took one job, I think. You prove yourself within that first job. They're like, okay, you did a great job. He made it easy for us. Let's do it again. Mm-hmm. And, so- uh, yeah, kept going.
0: Did you, did you show, what did you, what did you show them in terms of your portfolio? Because I kinda, uh, I, I have people ask me, you know, what should I charge when they're first starting out, right? And they're yeah. kind of more focused on what they're gonna get out of it. But the important thing is you have to have something to show because it's really mm. hard for the client to gauge. So what were you going to say?
1: 100% of what you're saying is, uh, you know, luckily at this stage, i had been working for a sports company already. So I had I had some like highlight reels from some of the events I'd covered. So I felt like those worked extremely well because it was sports related. It was, and what was great was these highlight reels are showing what I could do within a day almost, because a lot of the time I was filming on the day, getting the edit out by midnight that day. So that it was up online for the next day for everyone to see. So I could show that I worked fast. And then they could see through that, okay, he did it fast. There's some decent quality there. And uh, I think that was enough just to entice them. And then with regards to what they wanted to know more about was story because it was going to be documentary-based. And I said, "Oh, well, I've worked on some TV shows. And, you know, with regards to those 26-minute long TV shows, and I've driven a story throughout 26 minutes, and they were happy with that. And with regards to payment, yeah, man, I don't know. That's a tough one yeah. <laughs> because that is, every, you're right. Everyone wants to know like, hey, you know, how much am I going to get paid for this? Is it worth it? Is it not? But I'd say if you're starting out, you can't get hung up too much about money because you're gonna, what you're learning from a lot of these things is worth so much more than the monetary value. Um, you know, if you do one or two jobs and you say no, because uh, it wasn't just quite enough. I think you're going to lose out on what you could have learned in terms of just, you know, experience. And um, you, you can't put a price on that from the get go. Obviously, once you've proven your worth, then definitely, you know, you, you need to make sure you're getting paid for for what you're able to deliver. But when you're first starting out, yeah, it sucks. You know, you, you gotta be broke. Sometimes you don't make much and sometimes you do things for free, but I I definitely don't think it's, it's a, it's a lose-lose.
0: Yeah. And when you're starting out, um, I think you have to do a lot of projects for free. Um, mm-hmm. and that's okay. But what, when, when did you go from, um, you know, cause I know you were still working with the company and, and things like mm-hmm. that, but, when did you go from doing some projects for free, um, maybe getting little payment, to now kind of setting your own price as a freelancer?
1: Okay. So even now, right now, I still do things for free. You know, when it comes to collaborating or working with, with friends, I, think I still do small elements for free because it's another form of networking in itself. You know, like, Hey, I do a little something for you now, you yeah, know, down the line, you'll reciprocate. Um, I don't, I, I feel like, yeah, that's still happening. <laughs> but again, I, it gets to a point where I think once you've proven yourself, especially in a particular field, if someone's offering you for your skills, um, and you compare it, you know, you look, okay, what is, what else is out there? That's usually what I do first is I like to see what are other people doing. And I, I just straight up compare myself to what they're putting out. And I'm like, okay, this is what they're offering. This is what they're doing. And I believe I can offer this and even more. So I work it out from there. I'm like, you know, with terms of my day rate, uh, my day rate over the last two years has steadily gone up. And I think that's purely just got to do with my expertise in certain fields. I'll charge more for, for instance, with regards to sport, I feel like I know a lot more than if I had to go and shoot, some other sort of lifestyle scene. So I know a sport I can charge more. Um, And again, just because of an experience level. Um, But yeah, uh, it's, I'm still trying to work it out with regards to, to the whole, I guess, working out what, what is your worth? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a great question. Like I, I, I don't even really have an answer for it other than you start. I don't know. (laughs)
0: yeah i mean i mean likewise because each project it it varies and you know even the clients um and what they're looking for it varies so but i like what you said by you know looking out there um and seeing you know what is the the style what is the caliber of uh video that other people are doing Mm -hmm. and you know that you can do it just as good or even better and add more. Um, I think that's a great way to gauge, you know, how to set your prices and compensation for future projects.
1: Exactly. And I mean, I often, I I think, actually 100% of the time, I'll say to a client, send me uh, an example, a video that, because often, you know, the client struggles to sometimes get out exactly what they want. You know they put it down in a nice, beautiful brief, and it it looks pretty. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I'm just like, just send me some examples of videos that are appealing to you, or something that you want the end product to resemble. And that's such a great way to to see where their headspace is at. They send you a certain video, and you're like, oh, they're thinking something like that. And you're like, oh wow. And then you are something like, okay, that's that's pretty hectic. I'm gonna have to charge for a bit more for that because I'm gonna need some extra gear. Um, and then, or you see it, they send it to you, and you're like, "Wow, that's that's not great. I can I can do ten times, you know, as good as that." And that's a great feeling in itself. Yeah. So yeah, I, it's it's lo- I love it when the client's able to send a referral video of something that they feel s- similar to what they're looking for, and it gives you a good sort of playing field to to know what you need for the job and uh, yeah, where, where your offerings lie.
0: Yeah, and I like how you said that you kind of asked them. Um, to send an example because that still goes along the lines of communication. So what have you learned in terms of communicating with clients that has helped you over the years?
1: Uh, be nice. <laughs> 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 no. no. Uh, yeah, but that's obviously that's a given. Um, I think, yeah, with regards to communication, they're going to be asking you, they're going to be trying to learn about you just as much as you're trying to learn about them. So when they ask questions, give them, give them everything you can, you know, like let, fill them in, let them know that you're just a normal human being. Cause at first they're just looking for editor, you know, cinematographer, they just got these words. So show a personality, a person behind this. Um, so if they ask a question, what you've been up to, just let, let them know. And I think the other person on the other end of the email is going to be like, oh, this is just a nice, friendly person. And when you ask questions, they're willing to just indulge and, in, you know, give you beautiful answers and then helps you give you a better perception of what they're wanting. Um, so, yeah, I definitely think sometimes just a quick, short reply does, isn't the way to go. You know, especially for your first one, ask a whole lot of questions, but let them know exactly what you're up to. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what else is there? Um, I I would like to say reply as soon as possible, but I know, no, I struggle with that, especially like with travel. Man, I I struggle with that. But yeah, of course, the the quicker you can reply, the better. Definitely. Yeah. Um, no one no one likes to wait.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And yeah, I mean, yeah. you're still. I mean, as much as this, you know, is video production is is a business. You're still working and dealing with people. So it's still like you're still in the people business in a sense. Mm.
1: Exactly. We get so caught up behind our screens here, you know, mm-hmm. and we, we forget it's just a person like you and I just chilling there. So be happy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it goes
1: a long way. It goes a long way. Yeah.
0: It does. It does. Yeah. So kind of going back a little bit, I know you're talking about uh, storytelling and, and applying that to videos, and I, you know I think that's a very important aspect for all types of film and videos, um, but for you, um, what do you think is is missing with stories today?
1: yeah it's I think it just comes down to you know and i I don't want people to if you go look at my youtube channel, I mean the videos I've got up on there are that's just me having fun. There's, there's, that's, there's no client work there. That's just a little bit of fun, but nothing that I truly, truly am happy with. You know, they've always been side things. I've been shooting in between things. And so don't go look at those and think that that's what I say is story because it's by no means story. And I think the issue, a lot of it has got to do with, you know, everyone's on the internet and we just want chunk sized bits of information. Where stories have become shorter, shorter, more condensed, and it 's quite hard i think to to push out a real great story within three minutes you know for YouTube, something like that um, to really get into something and to get someone 's emotions attached and pu- you know to be able to pull someone in completely. It takes time you want to take them on this, this up and down through the journey of your edit and Within three minutes, it's hard to do that. It just, you know, it feels like an advert. It's over in a minute. And um, so obviously I feel like long form is where the true story is. Although there's a definitely an art towards being able to tell a story within three minutes for, for online sort of content. Um, so, yeah, I just, I feel like I hope I get to the stage where I have the budget or the time to, to do something more long form later on where I can really, you know, cause these days half the reason is, is, you know, the amount of budget that gets thrown at me, I'm like, okay, well, I can only dedicate a certain amount of time to this and it doesn't make sense for me to spend the next month or two on this and then another mm-hmm. month on the edits. I just, it just doesn't work out. So I ended up, I ended up doing a three, four minute video, which is great, but I really want to make something big and impactful, you know, later on and actually tell a genuine story.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, there's different ways to tell a story. And I think even the videos that you put on your channel, um, the ones that you're doing um, on the side from your projects, I think they were still telling a story in a way. I mean, especially like the one... um, I I like Mongolia, but then the recent one that I saw was the Kenyan one. I mean, you were with with Ben Brown and um, other friends. That was fun. And I liked how... Even though there wasn't really any um like narrative to it, any voiceover, I like how you used the music and the beat to carry the video along. And I see that throughout all your videos. So, can you kind of elaborate more on that and how, you know, how do you pick your music? How do you put it together to make the video flow?
1: How you ended there, flow. That's exactly what it is. It's um if there's no narrative telling the story, well, then it's, I have to rely on the music. And um, so when I choose music, it's, it's got to, you know, when I'm searching through, you know, a lot of it's on SoundCloud or whatever. And I look at that waveform, you know, and it's, it's got to have some ups and downs. If it just pumps the whole way like that, I'm like, nah, that ain't going to be used. It's it's we've got to have these ups and downs. I love it when there's a section where it's almost just very quiet, and I can bring in some ambience or something like that. And again, that's just because I can completely, you know, it's often these days with tracks, you know, it's this build up, it's the drop, and then it's just fast paced stuff. Da, 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 da. So if I can have it pick up, drop off again, you know, slow down the edit a bit, bring in some ambience, bring in some sound effects, build up again. Um, that definitely helps tell the story because with regards to story, I mean, very rarely do things just pick up and then just go nuts for, you know, a minute and a half, two minutes. It's, a journey is up and down the whole time. So if I can find music that at least does that, then that helps me, helps the flow. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It definitely, it definitely flowed. I like especially in the beginning of that video um when you had the uh the uh the tribesmen and yeah, yeah. when he did like the head dip and then it transitioned to the land rover that was yeah, pretty yeah. cool yeah so
1: that was that 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 shot was pretty much the very last shot i think i filmed on the entire trip we were we were like we were leaving and we saw these guys we're like oh let's film them for a bit and i think that shot was that was the last clip on my entire uh yeah, everything I recorded over those few days
0: and uh, it made the cut. <laughs> nice. Well, it made it yeah. better.
1: <laughs> yeah, see. Yeah, that was a fun one, man. Uh I see it actually like that's for me is what I love to do. That was, you know, it was three weeks. We were just properly in the bush. There were, there was no shot list. It was like we want to tick off these places and I just we just went. It was good fun.
0: That is so and awesome.
1: Same same with Mongolia. That was You know, 100%, you know, I made a loss in that, in essence, that was, I had some free time and I was like, I need to go test myself. I need to do some solo travel, obviously I'm going to take my camera and I'd love to just make a story, do a little documentation of it. And yeah, I went out there and there was, nothing was staged within that video. It was 100% just, this is how the people are, this is what they're up to. And I was a fly on the wall, just sitting there with my little GH5, trying not to use too much battery because there's no electricity out there. Oh, so right. I had to take power banks with me to charge my GH5 batteries. So I, you know, I didn't want to waste battery. So it was so weird. Sometimes I'm like, had to force myself not to film because I'm like, oh, this is not quite good enough. Or well, the light might get a bit better. I'll save it for then. It was pretty tough with that. But yeah, that was... I was out there for 10 days, came back, edited it for yeah, another 10 days or so. And um, although that cost me a lot of money to go and do that, um, I think that has definitely brought in work having that video. Um, but yeah.
0: Definitely. And going yeah. back to sound a little bit, um, like you were talking about the dips, so when you can bring in the ambience, mm-hmm. um, and I like that. About your videos because it really brings them to life and you feel like you're in there with the action Um, when you get those sounds I'm sure sometimes you get the the actual sounds um, from that scene where you're at but other times you have to bring in some other sounds do you do some Foley work or how do you add those sounds in
1: yeah so I often See, that's the thing with my GH5. If I'm recording in in 1080, say 100 frames, 180 frames, or something like that, there's no audio. Oh, really? So it still
0: doesn't do that.
1: Yeah, so there's no audio. So I'll like flick over to so I either shoot normally 1080, 120 frames a second, mm-hmm. or 4K 60. Okay. So I'll, I'll go to 4K 60 quickly, and I'll I'll just shoot the same thing just because I know I'm getting a slightly higher res resolution, and there's going to be some audio with it. So i will usually use that, but if it's not great, if there's someone talking in the background or you can hear my own footsteps or something like that, then I, yeah, then I have to do a little bit of Foley myself, but super basic. Only if it's something super basic like footsteps or I don't know, just, you know, usually just bits with cotton wool or crushing a leaf or something like that. Um, But obviously when it comes to like animal noises and I just go straight to YouTube, you know, I can. There's, there's so many people out there that are offering free sound effects. Um, they're not the greatest. Well, they're not the highest of quality, a lot of them. But I find you don't need the highest of quality for, for ambient sound effects. It is so subtle in the background. You don't notice. Um, and I always, obviously, try to do things as cheap as possible. So if I can use free sound effects, the better.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, YouTube's yeah. a great resource for that for sure. Yeah, exactly. But it does. You know, you don't really think about that, especially with, like, movies and, and commercials. There's a lot of extra sound effects that are added in, but mm. it really it really brings the video to life. It adds more to it, 100%. even though it's such a subtle detail.
1: It's just something I've, you know, I never, I didn't wake up one day and decide, I'm going to do sound for this video. It's like, I just did a little bit here and there and over time, over the last few years, I've actually realized how much of a difference it makes. You know, I'll edit a video and I haven't done the sound yet. And so I'm just like, oh, this is, this is terrible. And I'll add in a bit of sound. And all of a sudden, the whole edit just feels better just because I added in sound. Uh, whether it be, it's an ocean scene. And I just throw some ambient ocean noise in the background. And it's all subconscious. You know, you, if, if you can hear the sound effects, you're probably doing it wrong. You almost, you don't want people to notice the sound effects. It should just be there in the background enough for their. If you, if you think of this way, you know, someone is just looking at this little frame here Mm -hmm. and everything they're getting is from that one frame. I love adding sound effects because it just fills in all these different gaps. And, uh, yeah. So now someone can be seeing this one frame you're putting up on the screen, but all of a sudden by playing a few animal sounds or something in the background, their imagination is filling in the rest and it gives this immersive feeling and uh yeah just something as simple as that
0: yeah i i like how you described it it really kind of opens up the breaks the walls down and opens mm-hmm. up the world to the viewer mm-hmm. yeah. yeah
1: there you go yeah
0: so talking about traveling and filming and what you do currently um especially you know you talking about being in mongolia and having to be resourceful with your gear Um, do you have any tips for anyone that is interested in, you know, pursuing that and filming and traveling at the same time for any companies, clients?
1: Um, I think get, get good with the least amount of gear as possible. Like don't overcomplicate things, keep things simple. Um, you know, it's so easy. To, there's so much gear out there at the moment, and it's so easy to be like, "Oh, I can't do this because I don't have this." You know, if you learn to do a lot with a little, ha! Huh, when you get a lot, you know, you're gonna make big things. So, I mean, I I sit on a GH five. You know, it's just manual focus, and it's usually just that with my little cheap road mic on top. I've got. I use uh, the Simon crane a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, I mean that's pretty much it. The lenses I use are all cheap; they're basic, um, and it's so it's it's nice in a way because it all fits in this one backpack. It's everything I need, and uh, yeah, there's no worries. Especially <laughs> because when you use really expensive gear, obviously you'll you you don't risk it as much. The cheaper your gear, you you tend to find you risk it a little bit more, and when you risk it, you get that biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like that.
0: That's true. Yeah. It, you know, going and and filming at a different angle or maybe um super low to the ground where you might get kicked with dust, you know. Yeah, exactly. Those shots yeah. are are the best sometimes.
1: No, um 100%. I feel like, you know, especially coming from a sports background, you're usually in this position where you only have one take. You know, this leader is coming around the corner and he's going to do it once you miss the shot you can't ask this guy to come back and do it again. Mm-hmm. So then you find this balance between, okay, I have to get this shot, but I want it to look beautiful. So how much are you going to risk it? You know, you've, you plan this all out, but you have no control over this person who's running towards you, what they're going to do, which angle they're going to come from. And I think learning from that to risk it as much as you can with also just making sure you get the shot. Um, I found that, that helps a lot. Um, yeah, that taught me a lot quickly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, but you say
1: tips, you for, say? tips for, I think others just, I wish I started when I was younger. That's one of my biggest regrets. So I just wish I'd started earlier because the truth is this takes time. You don't pick up a camera today and you just, get good we're all inspired we watch youtube we see amazing people out there and the truth is you can't be like that instantly it takes time and practice and i get so many people messaging and asking like hey like you know what do you have any tips or tricks i'm like there's no tricks it it really is practice makes perfect i mean i still look at my stuff that i did a year ago and i cringe i'm like oh you know i look at back what i did when i started almost five years ago, and I'm like, uh-huh. gee, how, you know, <laughs> how was I putting this out? Did I think this was good? And I hope in five years' time I look at what I'm doing now and I cringe, you know? I want to be progressing and learning constantly. Yeah. So the only way to get there is by just practice makes perfect.
0: Yeah, that that is that is exactly true. It's just all about the progression. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you and always getting better each and every time and yeah. finding ways to step up your, your game, you know? Exactly. So with your, I mean, you travel a lot, you film a lot. I'm sure there's been times when, you know, things didn't exactly go your way. Do you have a story that you like to share of something didn't go your way? Maybe like the camera didn't work or audio didn't work or the weather wasn't just right. But how did you overcome that?
1: (laughs) Oh, man, I wish I'd actually thought about this beforehand because I'm sure there's some good ones. Um, but yeah, there's been there's been have I've been, I've been in a couple of situations where I've been somewhere far out uh in nature and, and you run out of you run out of battery. And that's the worst because you're out there, you're in the middle of nowhere, you've done all the effort to get there. And there's something as simple as running out of battery. Oh that that probably hurts the most, I think, because you've already put in the hundred steps to get out there and now you can't capture it and you're just seeing it with your own eyes, which is great. <laughs> but obviously, when you paid to get out there, that's the worst. So yeah, battery issues, man. If I can avoid those, um, so you're saying other situations I've been in. Oh, Try to think of some stories. I mean, in Mongolia, yeah, there was a, we we got we got stuck in a. We tried to cross a a river which had ice over it, and uh, yeah, so we were cruising, cruising broke through there was water coming in through the sides and I, you know, I had all picked up all my camera stuff. And I was like, no, I was like, I was more upset about the fact, like Oh, we're going to be stuck here for hours. Uh-huh. Golden hour, golden hours in two hours time. You know, uh-huh. that's how I'm thinking.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. And I knew I only had two days left and we had to get to this one spot. And, uh, anyway, we are, uh, we spent the next hour and a half, like digging and trying to find different ways to get the vehicle out of here. And, uh, as soon as it goes night there, you know, there's no street lights, there's no roads. You're in the mountains, and we got completely lost. And um, so we literally found this guy on a horse randomly, and you know, we spoke. I, I, could, I don't can't speak the language. This other guy could speak a bit. He got chatting, and um, we sort of spoke to him and just said, like, listen, we just need somewhere to stay tonight. You know, we just don't know where we're going. So we followed him I mean, we were crossing through other rivers. Now it was crazy. Like it was, it was amazing actually. And after about another hour and a half we get to this guy's house and we find out he's also, he's an Eagle hunter. And I was like, no way! Okay. Sweet. So I was like, okay, I missed this whole opportunity, you know, to, to full my second last golden hour in Mongolia. And, uh, anyway, I got chatting with him and next morning, um, yeah, he took me out with his eagle. We went and rode up on, a, on his other horse, gave me a horse, and we rode up onto this mountain, and we got a, a beautiful morning golden hour with him with his, his eagle. And that was, oh, I'll never forget that. You know, going from a situation, I was like, oh, we're screwed. We're stuck out here. To just dealing with it, and all of a sudden, I found myself on top of a mountain with this eagle hunter uh, the next morning. It was perfect. Yeah,
0: I love it. That's awesome. I love that story. Because, you know, there's always, always a time when, like, for example, when you're filming and you're so focused on a, a certain shot that you want to get. Yeah, but then, it all out. yeah, and it might not yeah. come your way, but then a new opportunity arises and you have to be open to adapt to it and just, you know, take it all in, you know?
1: Yeah definitely Ch- change is good yeah adapting is good that's uh that that's what sets people apart i think um we can, we can all plan the perfect shot list but let's be honest it very rarely happens <laughs> so when you go out there in the field and you're working towards something and it's not going to quite work how you change and adapt and make the best of that situation is uh well, i think what makes best stand out
0: yeah yeah definitely so and I want to touch upon just networking cuz now mm-hmm. in the situation that you're at right now with all of the work that you've been able to put out and the quality of work that you've been able to put out um networking with other creatives in the space other filmmakers how have you been able to do that was it primarily like Instagram or were there other ways that you did this
1: I think I'll probably say Instagram is probably the easiest way just in terms of because to connect with someone, there's the messaging side of it. I can see their art, you know, their feed and there's also the stories so that I get, I can actually see a personal insight into what they're up to Mm -hmm. um, and the vice versa. They can actually see what I'm up to. Um, Luckily I've, I've contacted, you know, I get people contacting me now, you know, asking for tips and, hey, can we meet up and stuff like that? And I remember when I was doing the same thing, you know, also asking people and and I thought like, okay, you know, that's it's one way to do it. But the truth is you really have to stand out if you're just going to message and say, hey, can I help out? Or can I just sign Because there's hundreds of people trying to do that out there. And the truth is a lot of people don't don't have the time to, to bring someone they don't know, you know, into what they're doing or if there's a client involved and really it's, it's hard to donate time. Time's worth a lot these days. Um, so I, I, I mean, I got lucky. Yeah. It just happened to meet up with someone. And uh, if you do connect with someone, or if you do meet with someone, you know, do your best with that brief time you have with them to really make a connection make someone remember you. Um, for instance, you know, Dan Mace, um, you know, he works with Casey Neistat uh-huh. now. I've, I did work with him about two years ago and that was purely, we just, we met each other and had a brief chat with him. But I think we had a good enough, a decent, you know, sort of connection that when I did send him a message or follow up, he remembered. And uh, from that, we, we slowly finally did some work together. I think with Ben Brown, similar thing. Um, actually with Ben, yeah, I actually, I, he wanted some, some after effects work done or something. And I quickly did it sent it to him. Um, so I think with these days, especially with collaborating, um, it should never be a one way thing. It's, it's a collaboration, you know, you have to bring something to the party and that's, what's really hard these days is actually everyone wants a f- shout out. Everyone wants a freebie Oh wait, how can you help me? But the truth is, unless you can help them, they're not going to want to help you. And, and like I said, like it's, there's so many people doing it. You got to find a unique way getting through to these people. Um, trying to think of certain ways that people have contacted me. Yeah. I, I think, I don't know. I think Instagram is definitely the easiest way. Um, also because it's easy for me. I mean, did you, you message me on Instagram? I did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then with regards to that, like you message me, but I can quickly click on your profile. I can see what you're up to. You can see your stories. It's a very quick way for me to see what you do in such a short space of time. I can make my decision a lot quicker to reply or to give you my time. Um, yeah, so I'd definitely say Instagram is probably the easiest in that sense. YouTube, leaving comments and stuff like that. That's hard, yeah, <laughs> um, it <gets> <laughs> yeah,,
0: it gets lost,
1: yeah, it gets lost in emails. you never know these days with emails because lots of times, I mean especially bigger creators and stuff like that, they've got people that go through that with for them and weed out the the not so important emails um, right. but I don't know, man, I feel like i'm in this i'm I'm still asking that question, you know by. I'm still wanting to collaborate with people. I'm still trying to figure out how to contact people. I'm very small, you know, in the grand scheme of things, very, very small. Um, I'm lucky that I've, I mean, Sam Calder got hold of me. I met him through fun for Louie. I don't know if mm-hmm. you know Louis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I did some work with, with Louie when he was in Cape town, Sam happened to be there. He just happened to see something that I'd put out. And he was like, Hey, he hit me up on Instagram and asked if I could help out of one of his projects. So sometimes it's purely just down to to who, you know, and the small connections you make. Um, and hopefully, I mean, the best way is I just, you know, I put out work. I just wish these people could, could see it because sometimes if they could see the work that would, uh, proof, proof is in the pudding. Um, yes. but yeah, I mean, because when people come onto my Instagram and they only see, I don't know, I've got uh, just under 20,000 people, people judge you on that. You know, it's the Mm -hmm. first thing they look at. And um, it's hard to these days to really stand out unless you've got big numbers. Um, And so I'm trying to work it out. I'm trying to figure it out right now. So, if anyone's got any tips out there for me, that would be great. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, unfortunately, that has to be the case, you know, that, I mean, people do look at your following when they're looking on Instagram, but mm. I think also, too, I mean, your work speaks for itself, you know, the, the, Thanks, maybe your, your follower count isn't where you want it to be, but your your, you know, the quality of your work is, like, high up there, so... I think you know. Once people see that, the the people that I think are the ones that will benefit you and and work with you and actually build a, a good quality relationship um, are the ones that actually see the quality in the work first, rather than that you know follower count.
1: That's so, very true. Yeah, that's very true. And like and saying that, I mean, what I do, the type of work I want to do, has got nothing to do with follower count. I'm going to do it either way, but. I know the benefit that there is because when, like for instance, when brands come onto your pages, they, they judge you by that. So yeah, if I could get my numbers up, that would be great. Just in terms of that first talking point with a brand or first opening point that helps a lot. Um, and that's the thing, there's a million people out there that are extremely talented that have even way, way less numbers than I do. And I just, you know, it's, it just makes it a lot harder for these people to stand out above those with these enormous followings. And, um, I mean, it'll get, it'll get there. Um, but yeah, it just makes it a little bit harder. And I guess maybe you just have to be a little bit more ingenuitive in different ways to contact brands and how to speak to them.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I know you kind of touched upon this, but do you have any advice for those people that maybe are, you know, trying to grow their, their following um, you know, they have great quality, um, mm-hmm. you know, videos and films, but, you know, do you have any tips on how kind of like you did earlier on?
1: I mean, truthfully, like I haven't, I haven't tried. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just been, I just, I've just been trying to just put stuff out i i know on youtube consistency is probably what's gonna you're gonna do the best and that's something i have engaged with but i briefly i did a stint where i had a thing called minute diaries Mm -hmm. where i just put out and i think every second week i put out just a little minute and a half video over that time like i saw you know subs went up because people had something to and when they're subscribing they're like oh i'm gonna subscribe because i want to see the next one and I noticed that worked. Where since I stopped that, oh no, it's all over the show. I just put up something whenever I get a free moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know definitely YouTube consistency is key. Um, yeah. With regards to Instagram, um, I there's there's nothing I've really done. I can't add too much to this. Other than don't be don't be too worried about what other people think, because as soon as you start doing that, then it's 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 not fun. You know, put up stuff that you truly believe in, what you truly think is good. Because if you're doing it, if you're trying to fit into Instagram, if you're trying to put up what you feel like everyone else is putting up, what people want to see, well, what are you doing, mate? Mm-hmm. You know, like, yeah, you might get a couple extra likes this month. But the truth is, you know, when you're trying to build your own brand, you got to build your own identity. Just do, although it might not get the likes that you're hoping for, But over time, and as you build on that, people are going to see a true identity and you're going to have your own unique style. And uh, that's going to account for so much more than just getting those extra few likes right now, but an Instagram fad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Staying true to yourself. That's way more important.
1: Definitely, definitely. I mean, it sucks in a way because it it doesn't bring in the followers right away. Mm -hmm. But long run, you'll appreciate it.
0: Yeah. So, what inspires you? You know, as a filmmaker, in in your creativity,
1: um, I love I love places that are hard to get to. I like it. I like the challenge. You know, I want to. There's something about I want to go. Like eventually, like I would love to be able to just go to these places that where I I have to train to go to. You know, I want it to be hard work. I want. I don't want anyone to be able to go and do it. I want to feel like, you know, I had to train for that. I had to make it work. I had to do lots of planning for that. And that, at the end of the day, you know, is a little kick for me because I'm like, I made it happen, you know. Um, So I I truly enjoy that aspect of it when it's really hard work. Um, uh, This is the worst part is sometimes when you put in all that hard work to get that shot and you remember, you're like, man, I spent like that whole day getting the shot. Then it comes to the edit. And that shot doesn't quite fit the edit. And you so badly want to put it in there because you're like, I worked so damn hard for that. But yeah, at the end of the day, you sort of just like, all right, you know what? It's not needed. Scratch it. Um, That hurts. But yeah. Yeah. Um, But
0: it's all part of the journey, you know? For me,
1: it's purely got to do with creating a release. To be able to be involved in this process of taking something that was just an idea, building it up, you know, filming it in your style, editing it, telling a story in a certain way and then packaging it together as an end product. Like it's, it's such a good feeling. And I, and I think that is where the addiction comes in is where you are literally, you know, sometimes, you know, I'm out there, I'm filming and then I come and I sit down here in my room and I'm in this dark hole for like a week mm-hmm. No one's seen what I've been up to. And then sometimes, you know, and it goes out on my own channel. I upload it. Nobody's seen it. Maybe my girlfriend's seen it, but no one's seen it. And all of a sudden, this feeling of like everything I've edited, like that is just my brain has said it should look like this. And I don't know what the rest of the world's going to think. And then all of a sudden people like it. And, oh, it's such a good feeling when you've done something that has your brain has molded something has created something and someone has said, yes, that, that, that is good. It's such a great feeling. Um, and yeah, that, that whole process. And that's why I think I'll always be an, an indie filmmaker in the sense where, because I love to be involved in every aspect of it. I've worked in bigger, bigger bits where I've just been a creative director or I've only been involved with the editing and I struggle a bit or I don't, I don't feel the same connection to the project. But when you've been involved from beginning to end and it finally goes live, oh, it's such a good feeling, you know, and it's success and you're ready for the next. You're like, all right, bring it on. Let's do this again. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's what it's all about. I mean, um, I, I really feel you on that one because, you know, when you were actually out there on the field, you know going through the same challenges that everyone else on the team were going through, overcoming them, and then going into post and then actually, you know, collaborating and putting all the creative touches to the video. And then finally, you know, when you're finished, you're putting it out to the world and you're not yeah. even, you don't even know how they're going to respond, but
1: you have no idea. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's, it's like standing there naked in front of the whole world, you know, <laughs> are they going to enjoy this? You know, <laughs> like it's literally, you, I've, ex, I've pressed export. No one has seen this, you know, and, or I show someone for the first time and, you know, when I show someone an edit for the first time, you know, okay, say they, this is the screen here. I'm looking at them. You know, I'm, I'm reading every time they blink, every time they look away. Cause I'm trying to gauge what were they interested in? What, why did they look away? Was that a bit boring? You know, and I'm, and it's, it's such, it's such, I don't know what it is but it's such a like it's a it's such a weird experience to see it just when someone's looking at your edit because it truly feels like i'm standing there naked and they're judging it you know and um yeah but i love that and i think and that's where you get the kick yeah
0: yeah because you 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 know you put your whole uh passion and an effort into mm-hmm. into this project and then you know you i mean when it comes to Constructive criticism. How 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 do you ask for it? How do you take it? it? It for you personally.
1: Um. I mean, I always ask for it because, like you know, and especially because if my friends see my edit or you know colleagues and whatnot, I have to say, just be brutal with me, be honest. Because if you're not well, then I'm gonna do the same thing next time, and I don't know that it's shit. Mm-hmm. So. It, it, it purely comes down to honesty um, p- because what I'm doing is for others. You know, if I was doing the edit just for myself, well then fine. But the fact is, you know, I'm doing this for a client or a brand or there's going to be hundreds, hopefully thousands of people watching it. Mm-hmm. And I want them to feel a certain way. I want to convey a certain image. So I need people to be 100% honest when they view something, whether it be the smallest thing, something and like I said, I watch them while they watch my edit. And if I can see that they, you know, for a couple of seconds, they look away or they're not interested, I think, okay, why did they do that there? You know, was, was that bit not worthy to be there? Was it boring? Um, so yeah, I mean, I'd say it's, it's the hardest part when someone tells you they don't like that because it hurts. But at the end of the day that those are the times that are going to make you grow. And that, that's how you grow the fastest.
0: Yeah. I mean some you have you have to you can't really take it personal. Um no. y- you know you have to as, I I can I think as long as you know um that is coming from a good place, you know, yeah. as, especially from the person that you're asking, maybe they have some experience, maybe they're another filmmaker. I mean, you know, Definitely. or or someone I was speaking to another one um in my previous podcast and she mm-hmm. was telling me that you know, she asks someone that's not even in the filmmaking space and getting you know their um their opinion on it, and then asking like another filmmaker who's kind of close to them, um, just kind of reaching out agree with from that. different angles. And Definitely. I think that I think that's uh you know also a good way of going about it as well.
1: Definitely, I 100% agree with that because you got to you gotta ask someone who is potentially going to be the viewer
0: mm-hmm.
1: and see how they interpret it. And then also ask someone who is on a similar level who also edits or films, and they can be a bit more critical with regards to the technical side.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what is your why? Why do you continue doing what you're doing in terms of filmmaking? <laughs> <laughs> Big one.
1: Nah, <laughs> yeah. no, it's... Uh, I mean like like I said I, I started this just because I was like hey let me give it a bash I got nothing to lose and I very quickly realized that like I said this is for me is it's it's such it's so great to be one I get to change I get to do things differently all the time mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, on a personal level on terms of growth and I think it's so healthy to to have to change so often, to have to look at things differently, to not be in a mundane sort of routine. Um, And I think sometimes, although I get tired and I want to just have a simple bit of routine and it it forces me not to, forces me to stay active, to look at things differently, to not get repetitive. Um, And I really like and. So I want to keep doing it just for that alone, almost, you know, I feel like it really has helped me progress, not just in terms of my career, but just my life, um, the way I look at things. And, um, you know, like I said, out on the field, things don't often work out and things change and I exact same things with my life overall. And I've learned to deal with those things a lot easier and just go with the flow. Um, but my, why, I, I mean, I think, I'm slowly going to lean towards the documentary side of things because I think if I have the ability to help tell the stories of people that can't, you know, um, if I can get out there, challenge myself, put myself in situations to help tell stories that aren't able to be told unless someone else goes in there and does it, um, that's, yeah, I really hope I can – as I grow and I guess till I get to the point where I'm able to get paid to, to do these sort of things. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's, that's the end. That's, that's the goal for right now. Um, I mean, a lot of things I do, I love it and I really enjoy it, but if I can get paid to go out there and help tell stories of people that are in some crazy places, um, and help give them a voice through my art, oh, that would be amazing. Yeah.
0: Yeah it it i like how you're talking about, you know, it it's getting out of that routine because you know, that's, that's just what life's all about, you know. It, mm-hmm. You know, you, it, everything can't be a routine um or else you kind of, you know, get stuck in a in a rut. You know, going out there, you know, forcing yourself to to challenge yourself and experience new yeah, things. And I think that's definitely what you're doing.
1: Yeah, you it's uh, like it's tough. Like there's many times I don't want to go and do it. It helps when you, when you, when you've got other friends or I call them friends, I guess they're colleagues, but you become mm-hmm. friends with these people. Mm-hmm. And um, when you go out there and it's a lot easier when you're with them and you can push each other to do it and put yourself in these situations. Um, but man, like at the end of the day, you never regret it. You That's the truth. You never regret going the extra mile. Um, so, you just got to keep slugging. Yeah.
0: Yeah. This has been great so far. A lot of great tips that you've been providing. I'm learning as well. Um, so what is one piece of advice that you would give to your younger self that you know now, but wish you knew then?
1: Um, just start straight away. Just, just go at it. Um, like I said, risk it for that biscuit because play, you know, you got to play it safe obviously you got to, this is all within a balance, but the Mm -hmm. truth is unless you're constantly just pushing yourself, you're not going to grow as fast because this day and age, there's so many other people out there doing the same thing and you really have to give yourself that extra edge. So live on the edge. Um, I just wish I just kicked myself into gear a little bit sooner. That's, that's really it because no one's going to do it for you. You know, like I said, like, you know, oh, I just hope that one of these big brands comes past and sees one of my videos and says, you come, here's a million dollars. Come, let's go make. It doesn't work like that. You really do have to put it, put in the effort the whole way through. And luckily for me, I'm just starting to break through into this realm where I'm starting to get a little bit of success, but I'm by no means there, by no means there. So... Like I said, if I just started a little bit earlier, maybe I'll be a little bit further down the line already. Um, just got to keep risking it.
0: Yeah, that's all it is, you know. Keep pushing forward.
1: And I guess, I guess, by doing that, is is I I care a lot about what other people think. Like I said, that's what the, <clears throat> the critique process is. Is pretty tough, you know. I don't like to be told I'm doing something wrong, but you got to learn to just not care what other people think, and sort of go with it learn from them don't care that other some people aren't going to like it you know you're going to learn from it just do it don't be a perfectionist you know that's that's the honest truth because a perfectionist never gets anything done he's going to keep revising keep revising but rather just finish it learn from it and your next one will be better
0: i like that tip because yeah. that's very true as filmmakers especially starting out you know if you're a perfectionist nothing really gets done. You might get yeah. far enough, but then, you know, it never gets out there and you never get a chance to learn from it because you're just stuck on that one project when you could be done with four more projects down yeah, the line, you know. Right. So what's in it for you in your in terms of your future? I know you said you want to get to doing documentaries, um, but anything else you'd like to share?
1: Um I think for now I'm still I'm in this process where I'm just I'm I'm giving everything a bash I'm really, you know, I'm not holding myself down and saying, no, I am, I am a documentary guy and I will only do this. You know, I'm, I'm willing to do anything at this stage. Let's do some music videos. Let's go do lifestyle. I can carry on doing some sport because you learn a little bit from, and that's the other thing I didn't mention with collaborations, Mm -hmm. you know, to collaborate with people is not to these days people think, Oh, collaborations is because, you want to gain from their followers. You want, you know, we want some of your followers. We want some of your followers. Collaborations are purely about learning. You know, I want to work. I want to collaborate with certain people because I want to learn and see how they're doing it. And they want to learn and see how I'm doing it. Um, And I think that's where I'm at. If I'm, I would love to do more collaborations over the next year or two, purely just to see how other people work in different ways, see which ways I can, you know, not steal, but just like where I can be more efficient within, Mm -hmm my own workflows and that sort of thing. Um, so I'm at the point like I I'm want to be a sponge. I just want to do everything I can to the point where I'm like, I truly know, okay, this is what I'm good at. These are the parts I'm good. This is what I want to do. And then just go fully towards that goal. But for now, I'm I'm just soaking it all in and uh, I'll make up my mind. I'm giving myself another nine months to to a year, I'd say, before I really start to knocking on a certain goal yeah
0: nice I I like what you said about being a sponge and you know getting different aspects of other filmmakers for example I mean not necessarily like you're copying them and I think that's a fear that most people have like oh I might be copying them whether it's like editing or or filmmaking style Um, and I think even if you're just starting out you know I think it's just looking at what you like about the different styles of, of what the filmmakers have to offer and seeing what you can do better or different and apply it to your own style. I mean, that's what I've noticed. I mean, would you 100%. say, uh-huh. Uh
1: I mean, it's, it's exactly that it's all got to do with inspiration. Um, you know, I watch a lot of other creators out there just because I'm fascinated by what by what they do. And they, they just might be one small thing that th- they did, you know, that can influence me in my next project. I see one small thing that to them wasn't, you know, it's just a small brief part of one of their, their works. And I look at that and I'm like, wow, I've never looked at something like that. And then I integrate it into how I do things. And I take a little bit from this person, try this. And, and sometimes it doesn't work, but by trying those different things is, is how we progress. Right.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I just want to thank you for oh. sharing all that you had to offer on this podcast. It's been great. And, um, I just want to wish you all the best in your filmmaking Thanks, journey and hopefully that we'll be able to connect again.
1: Yeah, definitely. And hopefully I've progressed somewhat and I can, uh, I can tell you what I've learned because yeah, I'm pretty sure most people that have probably listened to this are maybe in similar shoes as me. I mean, we're all just trying to make it in this world. So, uh, yeah, good luck to everyone out there. And, uh, Let's, let's see how we do.
0: Thanks again for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. I'll be placing Bryn's social media links in the show notes so you can stay connected. And if you got great content out of this episode and know someone that can benefit from it, please share it. So thanks again for joining in. And until next time, I'll see you in the next episode. Peace.